Four out of five top Hollywood movie stars use moment, moment, moment of clarity. Hey, what's happening, everybody? It's your man, Stefan G. You are tuned in to another eclectic episode of Moment of Clarity right here on the Promise Life Network. Moment of Clarity brought to you by, well, it's not brought to you by anybody this week. We're just here all by ourselves. But I got cool. Kim, a lady in the house. Hello. What's happening, Kim? What's up? So I was told that when we first did your first show, Mm-hmm. That I did a horrible job of introducing you to the listeners. Yeah. That I was like, okay, we have a new co-host. Her name is Kim. Let's talk about what we came to talk about today. Right. You so, should have laid out red carpet for me. <laughs> I'm just saying. So, because I'm such a horrible, terrible, no good, very bad person, I want to give you the opportunity now to kind of tell, at least tell the people how you ended up on the show. I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? <laughs> One day I got a phone call and was like, hey, like, <laughs> I need you. And I'm like, all right, I'm coming in. So that's how, that's I how it ended up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it was quite that easy. Mm, that's how I remember it. <laughs> that's how I remember it. Sounds like a selective memory to me. Mm. <laughs> well. Well, the truth of the matter is Kim and I have known each other forever. It seems like. It. Almost Definitely. forever. Yeah. Kim, I met Kim before I met Jesus. Yes. Yes, yeah, did. I thought she was trying to holler at me when she invited oh, me to church. He said he was giving you the truth, but uh, <laughs> that's not how I she remember it. She invited me to church, and I was like, yo, what you what you want, my number? You can just ask for my number if you want my number. Right. And she was like, no, I just really want you to come to church. I did. Yeah, she did. Yep. <sighs> Here you are today. Here I am today. Yes, being all great and stuff. <laughs> I wouldn't know Jesus if not for this young lady. Wow. Look at that. I didn't know that. Yeah, isn't that something? That is something. Yeah. So because she's been behind the scenes doing all this great stuff all her life, and she's got more opinions than she cares to admit to. This is true. I was like, you need to come be on my radio show. I think I want to add to your story because I think when How are you going to add to my story? I'm just saying like I need to give story. my perspective. I have to give my Oh, perspective. now you want to tell the people how it happened. It was really awesome because <laughs> in y- me inviting you to church prior to you taking the job where we met. Yes. God actually told me you were coming. Really? I think you told me this before. Yes. And so I was And really it was almost like what contingent that after I came you could leave. Absolutely. Yeah how it went and I was ready to leave that job and God just basically was like no you need to wait sit still there's somebody coming I need you I need you to speak to this person so every new hire that we got (laughs) I was like is this is this the person is this the person is this the person God and there was never any confirmation for those individuals but when you came through the door I was like oh Hello, here he is. Let's go. Yeah. Like, dude, come on. Please come to church. Like, I need you to come to church. And then she was like, are you sure this is the one God? Are you positive this is the guy that you're talking about? (laughs) A lot of doubt, huh? No, not any. But yeah, so uh, I called up Kim and I was like, you know what? You talk a lot and you got a lot of things to say. You need to come be on my radio show. Because people are probably getting sick of listening to me just drone on for what a half hour to an hour once a week. We need a little bit of flavor. Because Mike does a really good job 
of keeping people interested. Because if it was just me just talking like it used to be way back in the day, uh-huh. man, I people listen for like 30 seconds and they're oh. like, that's enough. I'm not, I'm, I'm expecting, you know, to get some response and, you know, people gravitate toward me. Well, you know, what we'll do they is, do. what we'll do uh, is yeah. we'll start a marketing campaign based on you. Oh, wow. That's what we'll do. So we'll put your picture everywhere. Oh, wait. We'll change the Facebook page instead oh, no. of, instead of the Stefan G, we'll change the Facebook page. Um, we'll make sure your name is a part of everything. Wait a minute. Wait, I'm sorry. What, what's the problem? And so then, you know, because I want people to gravitate. Mm. Yeah, that, I wasn't thinking that along force. those lines. <laughs> Not what I was thinking, but so everybody is now inter- introduced to Miss Kim, a lady here. Hello, beautiful people. New co-host of Moment of Clarity. She will be here forever and ever and ever, as long as God says so. Yes. Yeah. And even a little while after, because uh, I'm gonna be like, Nah, you didn't hear that right. Uh, you need to go back into the closet. You I told to you guys that. the story. He spoke to me first, so <laughs> there you have it. Well, we are all glad you are here. See? Listen at, listen at that applause. See? They're, they're glad you're here. The people love you. I feel so welcomed. Absolutely. So now we got to talk about some stuff. All right. And today's topic is we're talking about forgiveness. And it's all Mike's fault because he mm. brought it up. Yeah, I do that. And so the question of the day is what does forgiveness look like? Mm. And Mike, you know, came into the studio today and gave us this horrible, heart wrenching story. I know that we don't even want to repeat on the air right now. <laughs> it would take up too much time. It would take up a lot. It's of It's not time. about necessarily about me personally. Just no, so you all know Mike's <laughs> not a horrible person today. No, not today, today. Yeah, not today. Not um, and so, but the question out of this story came, what does forgiveness look like? And as a allegory, is it an allegory? As an example of the story, let's just say someone, you know, was accused and arrested for child pornography, right? And they were a member of your family. Let's say that person was related to you through marriage. So like your brother's husband or something like that. No, not your brother's husband. <laughs> no. Your wife's husband. No, not your wife's show. husband. That's a whole other show. sister's not husband. Not tonight. Right. How about that? Yes, your sister's husband. You not go. your brother's husband, not your wife's husband, but your sister's husband. Okay. And let's, you know, say they were accused of child pornography and- They were not very remorseful for what they've done. But this is, you know, kind of caused a ripple effect in your family and in your atmosphere, your environment, those people that interact with you, talk with you, community, family, so on and so forth. And where do you begin to forgive for the action that they have taken as it has started to affect your family, as it's affecting your sister, as it's affecting her children, as it's affecting the community as a whole? As people are starting to question and 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 accuse and point fingers and gossip and all the things that people do as life goes on, how where does that place of forgiveness that God asks us slash commands us to have, what does that look like? And as we started kind of talking about this this question, we found it a little bit more difficult than we thought it should be right. to really find that answer. Like we've got the textbook answer, you know, we know what forgiveness is and how it's supposed to be but when you're faced with something that is that personal when something that can be an extreme scenario but people have extreme scenarios all the time right you know if it's not child pornography then it's drug use and if it's not drug use then it's adultery and if it's not adultery then it's alcoholism if it's not alcoholism then it's tax fraud and if it's not you know so there's all kinds of extreme scenarios so where do you begin to make that 
transition to forgiveness when somebody has committed a sin that affects you directly? I'm done. I just asked the question. Y'all got to get the answers. Oh, we have to give the answer. Yeah. I'm just, come on now. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's the hard part because the real question, yeah, is what does it look like? Because, you know, we're told to forgive and I think it has to start with inside your heart, inside your mindset, inside right. your soul. Mm-hmm. But what does that look like once it happens? There, well, there would have to be an effect outside of that once you came to that point right because you know most of us most people not just christians in general but most people kind of wait for that to happen on its own right you know what i'm saying and we as christians are supposed to be aware that forgiveness is a choice you know and and it is something that you do deliberately it's not something that just happens as time passes by but what where do you where do you cross that line that says I'm ready to make that choice or even not? Maybe I'm not even ready. I'm just choosing to make that choice. Yeah. Maybe. What, what compels you? What compels you to forgive? A number of things. I think that your own personal relationship with Christ is what compels you. Right. Um, when you consider how he loves you and how he has forgiven you, then you take on the attitude of paying it forward to someone else right? because you know there, there will come a time again when you'll need his forgiveness mm-hmm. or you will desire his forgiveness. I think I needed it last night, last week and a couple of days ago. You, I mean, you need you, it now. You we, needed it. I <laughs> yeah. need it. Yeah. All of us need it. Happens it. all the time. I believe it. <laughs> I mean, uh, well, you know, a good way to start this conversation, actually, is you said earlier, we know the textbook example. What's the textbook example? I'm well, not even sure a lot of people know that. Well, that's true. I would I would lean towards one of the things that always pops up in my head when people start talking about forgiveness is the now you got to pull on my theology. I think it was that the woman at the well that he said, let those who without sin cast the first stone. Is that the same? Did I no. put two different stories together? Yes, I you did, did, didn't I? Okay, so. It was the adulterer. The adulterer, yes. So I think the first story that comes to my mind is let those without sin cast the first stone. That's the first thing that comes to my mind when people start talking about forgiveness. Even though that's a scripture more about judgment than forgiveness, I believe you have to kind of cross the judgment barrier in order to make the choice to forgive. Or maybe you don't. Am I wrong? Can you forgive and still judge? That I mean, and that's the hard question, especially in terms of when somebody does something illegal. Right. And dangerous. Yeah. You know, you, you have to get to a point where you can forgive them in your heart without justifying the action. And, of course, we live in a society that likes to justify everything. Well, yeah, because we don't want to feel bad about stuff that we've done. Exactly. Because what happens is what starts out is the forgiveness isn't enough. The forgiveness is great. We appreciate it. And we don't. But it's not enough for us. We still heap, you know, uh, we still heap damnation and condemnation on ourselves. So the forgiveness from on high from Christ himself is not enough for us. So we then have to begin to justify our actions so we don't feel so bad about them because the forgiveness that is given to us, we don't see that as enough payment, even though it's more than enough. And we talked about this a little before the show, but maybe that, you know, the textbook answer is what would Jesus do? Right. And you talked about, you know, the woman cast the first stone, but, how did Jesus show forgiveness? And that was one thing I was trying to remember. Like, 
I don't necessarily know how he showed forgiveness because a lot of the examples that I remember in the Bible, he would say, you are forgiven and then go your way. Like, bye, have a nice life. You know, he would tell them to sin no more a lot of times, but it was also often now they would sometimes choose to continue to follow him because of what he had forgiven them for. But a lot of times it was just like, you're forgiven. Have a nice day. See you later. What's really weird is, um, Kim is being very quiet. <laughs> yes. We yes. just talked about how you are now the center of the show. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's just crickets. And I know, I know, she, I know there's stuff going on in that mind and heart right now. That she I'm, is. I'm really taking it all in for me. When I think of forgiveness and what it looks like, it looks to me and this can, this is debatable. It looks to me, it's love applied afterwards. That's what it looks like. Uh-huh. It's the application of love. So there are so many examples to me in the Bible of Christ acting out of love. And so to me, that's what forgiveness looks like. It, it, it looks like me not harboring any resentment. I'm aware of what happened. I'm not excusing you. Um, I, I, you know, I have my feelings about what you've done, but I can love you past the action that you've done. Right. So. I think that that might be one of the most difficult parts of forgiveness to undertake. Right. Is because the loving we're human. Past. Yeah. The loving past aspect, because I can love you when it's easy to love you. You know right. what I'm saying? When you're sweet and kind and things are going well and happening and so on and so forth. But then once you've injured me, for me to love you past that injury, not love you but the injury's still on the side kind of poking at you a right. little bit, or love you but I still haven't forgotten what you did and I'll never let, you know, one of those, I'll never let you come through this particular gate ever again. Right. But loving you past that injury to the point of, I don't know. Does now does forgiveness look like a person that okay, I forgive you, but I won't let you in that aspect of my life ever again, or is it because I forgive you, you have free reign? Well, I tell you, it's interesting that you brought up it's easy to forgive or to love someone who's nice to you. Right. But it's hard to love someone who persecutes you. Well, that's what the Bible says, yeah. Uh, exactly. I was, I was just about to pull up the verse that yeah, he says the same thing. You have heard it. This is from uh, Matthew chapter five. Where Jesus says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So there's something pray mm-hmm. that you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. But he, this gets to your point. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? are not even the tax collectors doing that. Yeah. And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. Right. So we're told to be perfect, but you're right. It's still not as specific other than praying. It's still not as specific as what exactly that looks like. Well, and even I'm I'm looking here in Luke 7, it says, Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. But that's that's a lot of forgiving. Yeah, it is. Like, and it's very hard for human beings to do that. Because forgiveness is really the act of saying, like, like Christ says to us, Christ says, 
I will no longer remember your sins, right? And a he lot forgives of gives and forgets, yeah. Right. Well, a lot of people take that as forgetting, but he's saying he's not necessarily saying I forget because he's God, he can't forget. Right. But right. he's saying I choose not to remember. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so a lot of that is the same thing that we're asked to do in our forgiveness is to choose not to remember what has happened. Choose not to, you know, make the choice every day. Like, like let's say Kim cusses me out, right? Completely unjustified because I didn't do anything to deserve it. Right. But she just lets off at the lips with me. It could happen. <laughs> but, <laughs> but what I'm asked to do is to continually remind myself that sh- I have forgiven her for that action. So that whenever I come to speak to her again, I might have maybe a little peace in my heart because I am human and so on and so forth and I haven't let that go. But then I have to come back and remind myself, no, Stefan, you said you've forgiven her. So you can't now hold that against her because she did something in the past that you've forgiven her for. But my question before we run off to the break is, is that true? Do you now not protect yourself? I'll put it like that. Does forgiveness mean that I no longer protect myself from injury? Moment of clarity. We'll be back in a minute. Check with me squad, the only thing I fear is me God, me pride in me moms, I got freedom, no death since the second that dumb and that's worse. Moment of clarity, Stefan G, Kim a lady. Back on the microphones, and we're talking about forgiveness, and the question that I left with is, does forgiving a person mean that you no longer protect yourself from injury from that person? So if I've if Mike has stabbed me in the back, literally stabbed me in the back, do I now forgive him and then let him stand behind me again, or do I forgive him and say, no, dude, you have to stand in front of me from now on. You can't stand behind me ever again. Really, that's what I thought too. That's interesting. (laughs) I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. But you had a particular experience with forgiveness that you went through. I did. Tell us a little bit about that experience because that was something that was something serious. Well, in my experience with forgiveness, and this is not my only experience with forgiveness, I've forgiven (laughs) several times. But the I think the story that comes to mind that comes to mind when we talk about forgiveness is I think back in 2007, it was 2007 that my cousin was murdered. And let me be clear, my cousin was murdered. My brother's best friend was murdered and my brother was left for dead. So they thought they had murdered him, but he wasn't. And I got this news at about. 1 a.m. in the morning, I was waking from my sleep. The story in itself is just beautiful and how God ministered to me during that time. But the moment when I forgave these three teenage boys that killed my brother was on the drive during the drive to the city that my brother lives in, which is about two and a half hours from here. And while I was driving, I remember being consumed with the fact that I knew that I was going to the hospital, that 
I'm very visual. So there was the thought of my cousin is probably on some stainless steel table or something draped in, I don't know, whatever you see on TV. And I knew that I would go into this hospital and that I wouldn't see him. So that was my first visual. The other was that my brother was in ICU and they didn't know if my brother was going to make it. Um, And while driving there, I was thinking of my cousin. I was thinking of my brother. But then my heart immediately weeped for the young men who had shot them. I knew that, um, that they were teenage boys. That's all I had about them. They didn't know who these guys were or anything. And I remember pulling on the side of the road and just having this conversation with God, not just a a conversation definitely, but a conversation of prayer, um, a time of intercession. And I remember declaring that I forgive them. I, I, I forgive them. I wanted them to experience forgiveness from Christ because I just kept thinking what kind of heart goes out and does this to someone who they just random. I mean, it turned out to be that, of course, they didn't, they, it's amazing. Um, It turned out that the young man who was responsible for planning this whole ordeal was in the neighborhood that my cousin was in at one time, and he was getting ready to shoot someone, the killer. He was Mm -hmm. getting ready to shoot someone else, and my cousin stood in front of the gun and told him, don't make that decision, like, just go home. And who knew that weeks later he would be responsible for killing my cousin, my brother's best friend, and attempting to kill my brother. Um, When hours after this happened, I was at the hospital with my entire family who was extremely angry. My cousin is a twin, so of course his twin was just... Oh, yeah. Just lost. Like what my wait, my brother is gone. Um, His sister was also devastated. His mother, his father, um, of course, me and my brothers and my aunts and what have you, because if anybody knows anything about down south families, you grow up with your cousins. They're practically practically your your siblings. So it was like losing a brother for me as well as my brother's best friend who was just a family friend who lived in our house and in our refrigerator all the time. But I remember outside of the hospital, I told my family, let's join together and let's pray. And we prayed. And I went into praying for my family and praying for them to um, be healed from the hurt that was developing in this moment and being able to forgive Um And I then declared, you know, I forgive the boys that did this. My family was not feeling it. They were not there. They were angry. They were throwing chairs. They were upset. They wanted answers. They wanted to know why. But for me, that experience was so liberating because I remember making the conscious decision um, to forgive. I remember being so hurt because I didn't know who was praying for those boys. I didn't know if their parents were equipped enough or knew the God that I knew to be able to intercede for, for those boys. So I remember thinking who is covering these boys, who is praying for them, who is standing in the gap? Because in my opinion, had someone been standing in the gap prior to this ever happening, I might still have my cousin. Right. And, um, 
it was just beautiful. It was beautiful to be in a position to not have the anger, to not have um, the rage on the inside. Was I hurt? Definitely. Um, and, you know, that's kind of like, that, that, to me, that's a level of compassion that only comes with a specific relationship with Christ. You know what I mean? That's not something that you can, that's not something that just happens. You know what I'm saying? You don't yeah. just drive on the way to fig, find out whether your brother is still alive or dead. And as you're driving, it just overcomes you to forgive the people that did it. That's something that comes from a distinct relationship with the one who has forgiven you and an understanding of your own sinfulness and an understanding of where you stand in Christ's eyes and an understanding of the value of the forgiveness that you have been given so that you can then bestow that upon somebody else. You know what I mean? Because without when you look at forgiveness as something ab- abstract, like it's just something that I'm doing because I'm supposed to do or something I'm doing because I'm commanded to do or something, I'm, you know, when you look at it from that angle and you don't really understand like, no, I'm doing this because I understand the power it has because right. without that same power of forgiveness that was given to me, I could be this and I could be that and things could have definitely gone different in my life. Had Christ not found me and helped me to find him, then everything could be different. Right. And when you understand that level of forgiveness there, that compassion is what can drive you to that area of forgiveness. And I think that's something that can only come in that relationship, in that time, in that moment where you really, where you and Christ really know each other, where he can reach out to you and speak to you and be like, but what about them? Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Where he can reach out and be like, well, what about them? Like, think about it. Like you said, think about if somebody had been praying for them and standing in the gap for them and interceding for them, how they might not even made that decision. Right. Because I would have been, I, as the Holy Spirit speaking, would have been able to reach them because of your prayers. Right. Because of your, because of the power of your forgiveness. Who knows what has now transpired and changed in their lives. You know what I'm saying? That even though they didn't know that you were forgiving them, that power still radiates without you having to, you know, converse it. I hate saying the word converse. It's not a word. Without (laughs) you having to speak it to them. No, converse is not a word. I'm going to have to look into that. Good, look it up. (laughs) Well, and, you know, I think the point that she was making, and it's, it goes back to what does forgiveness look like from Christ? Right. Christ was willing to forgive people while they were literally killing him. Mm-hmm. So we have to get to a point where she almost had to get to a point where they killed someone very close to her. Right. And a piece of her still died with it. Exactly. You know? And we have to get to the point where we can love someone, forgive and show love towards someone who is literally killing us yeah and maybe that's what forgiveness looks like but that's hard i had to do it in my marriage it wasn't i don't i didn't i didn't do as good a job of it as kim did because i was trying to force it instead of allowing the compassion of christ you know what i mean i was doing it the way we were just talking about it i was trying to make it forgiven and so i was trying to just make it happen and okay i'm forgiving you because i have to forgive you not because I necessarily care about forgiving you, but because it's what I'm supposed to do. And so I was, and I was a Pharisee, basically. I've learned over the past few years, I had a lot of Pharisee moments in my life um, where I was just 
walking in the letter of the law for the purpose of walking in the letter of the law, but not not walking in the spirit that encompasses the law, you know? Yeah, the wine on the inside of the um, right. skins was right. ugly. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what a lot, a lot of us do sometimes when you talk about forgiveness. That person that we're talking about in that example of the child pornography that still holds the resentment in their heart and still uh, looks at that person in a certain way has not connected the compassion that Christ has for them to the compassion that they can have for this person who has committed this heinous act. And because they have not connected those two dots together, because that, that triangle, that Trinity is not connected because the Christ, you know, Christ to me and me to you is not connected. They're not able to really with their heart, give the forgiveness that is asked of them by their creator. At least that's what I think. I definitely think I definitely agree with you. Um, I like to think that I don't I, I don't want to say that forgiveness comes easy to me. But I think that one of the things that helps me with forgiveness is that I am so visual. So I I oftentimes when it's time to forgive, see myself mm-hmm. in the other person's shoes. I, I think mean, that might be part of the requirements of forgiveness. I definitely have to see myself. Yeah. And when I see that and I'm on the shoes on the other foot, then there's definite like, oh, no, I I have to let this go. Yeah. Everything's out the window then because we could all be we could all be there. Right. You know what I mean? And in a way, we all are there because Christ forgave us. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yes. And so if he's willing to forgive us when he's perfect. Right. Then we have to be able to show that to others. He could have easily been like, I can do it so y'all can do it. Yeah, you know, true. I came down. I was a human. I know what you went through. I did it, so that means you can do it too. Right. You know, but he, understanding the struggle of humanity, decided. You know what? No, I'm going to forgive them for right. what they're. I yeah, I am going to not only forgive them. I am going to petition my father to forgive them right. for what they have for what they have committed, what they will commit, what they're thinking about committing, all of that, because. That's how important their lives are to me. That's how important they are to me, you know? And I think, as Kim was talking about her experience earlier, she had a moment of understanding the importance of a, the value of a person's life, you know? Whether it was not just the life of her brother or her cousin or her brother's best friend, but the life of these young boys that committed this heinous act as well. The life of that man who's committed this child pornography, the like the life of the drunk driver, all of those lives have such value. And that is why the forgiveness is so important, because like the old lady say, but for Jesus, it could have been me. Right. You know, and yeah, but for grace. Yeah. Right. Right. How's the song go? Oh, for grace. I don't know. I'm just that's more than I knew. I have no idea what song you're singing of. It might not be a song. (laughs) I think you just made that up right now. I think, too, that when you approach forgiveness with an understanding that ignorance exists somewhere. Right. For someone. Mm -hmm. Because that that was one of the things that I remember going through in the process. Like, you're missing something. There is something that, some knowledge that you don't have. Right that is not connecting because had you had that you wouldn't be doing what you're doing right 
So I definitely, I, I think people definitely do things intentionally, but I still think that the decision is made from a place of ignorance yeah. when they do the things that, that um, are offensive to you or that hurt you or wound you where you are inclined not to forgive. So right. when, when I consider that that exists, mm, I can I can be a little compassionate towards that. I mean, some people say, well, you should know this. Well, everybody doesn't know. There's a whole lot of stuff we should know we don't know. Right. A whole lot. And sometimes we know it and don't remember it. Right. And sometimes we know it and we're so consumed with ourselves in that moment. Or so consumed in our emotions in that moment or right. so consumed by external factors or whatever the case may be that we just ignore it. Right. You know, because life does happen. Well, and a lot of this stuff is easier said than done. Oh, absolutely. Obviously. Well, so you know we're all going to have to forgive somebody this week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. But it's easier to be like, yeah, I could forgive someone who uh, tried to kill me. But then when it actually happened, you're, yeah. like, right, right. you're like, hold up, bruh. <laughs> You know? Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm sure that um, in the healing process, and and, and I, I'm so visual. So now that I'm saying this statement, I'll wait. <laughs> no, no, this is it. Go ahead. Well, I think in the healing process, when you're going through the healing, you have to repeat forgiveness several times. I think there's several steps in the process where right. you're like, because I, I think of my brother. I had the conversation with him like, you got to forgive these dudes. And every day we had the conversation of visiting forgiveness so he had to forgive him first for my cousin's death right we're talking about a young man who witnessed his cousin slump over in his lap so he had to forgive him for that moment he had to forgive him for his best best friend in the back seat who was calling for help he had to forgive himself so there was steps to forgiveness it didn't just wasn't one hey sweeping right right it was definitely steps to forgiveness so i think sometimes you forgive one step and then you have to forgive the next act and then the next act and you know what so i think forth. that i think that's a very powerful statement and if i can leave people with anything i would want to leave them with that because i believe that's true that there are stages to forgiveness right. i think about anytime somebody has injured me or offended me or hurt me or whatever the case may be that you like you said there's steps you have to first forgive them for this piece and you have to first forgive them for their ignorance that they didn't realize that they hurt you and then you right. have to first now you have to forgive them for the actually hurting you and then you have to forgive them for not saying sorry that they hurt you right and then you know so it goes along and along and along and i believe that that process is one that many of us don't desire to take the time to be a part of right because it means that i have to face my hurt exactly over and over and over again right and i have to face all the aspects of the hurt not just oh they tried to shoot my brother but all of the things that went along with that i have to face them piece by piece by piece yep but like you said that's the only way that you get to that true place of healing right and that's where we're all trying to get that's right moment of clarity stefan g kim a lady and we'll catch you guys next week all right bye guys <laughs>